It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. fans and welcome to the hockey royalty podcast the official podcast of hockeyroyalty.com i'm scott kimball and we uh we got you know it's christmas time guys and we got a lot to unwrap here but before we start <laughs> doing that <laughs> all right before we start doing that we gotta let you know that you can find us on social media we are on twitter at hockey underscore royalty and at royalty underscore pod and we're also on facebook and on youtube and of course hockey royalty imagine that so anyways Let's get to the wrapping. But first, let's introduce, uh, well, I'm not really Santa Claus. We'll just all be elves today, okay? So first <laughs> of all, the number one elf in hockey royalty land. <laughs> he is the Presidente. He is the editor-in-chief. He is the guy that makes the hockey royalty world go round. He is the one, the only, Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's up, buddy? Hey, Scott. Uh, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, how's your, uh, how's your shopping going? Uh, it's done pretty much and apologize to our listeners. I'm a little bit under the weather, but nothing a little bush light can't fix. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love those old time solutions. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and our other elf to make the, the elf triumvirate here. Uh, you of course know him as the Prince of PDO. He is the count of Corsi. He is the emperor of all analytics. He is Mr. Numbers here at hockey royalty. He is, of course, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Um, Bushlight must be the drink of the central time zone because I went to Columbus, and that's all they drink there. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty big in Wisconsin. They, uh, <laughs> they, uh, when I go visit my mom, who lives just on the other side of the, the Illinois border, um, her, that side of the family, they all drink, like, Keystone and, you know, the college beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, not in Southern California. Did nothing but microbreweries, and I guess Coors Light was the drink of my choice. My heyday, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, I don't it. don't get me wrong. I like uh, I like my craft beers, but sometimes just you know cheap beers. Yeah, exactly. It's the way to go. You know, sometimes Tasty. there's something to be said for quantity. That's what it is. <laughs> there we go. Especially when you're there bad on the cold, right? But I'm I do have to ask quality. you because here I'm in up, upstate New York. We call Bush Light Bush Lattes. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. Miller lattes. Yeah, it, helps us, it makes us more sophisticated. 
This turned into a beer pod. Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, so let's get back to the rink, shall we? Uh, Our LA Kings. Uh, Let's talk about the past two games. Uh, First of all, the Edmonton game was great. Uh, They ended up winning five to one, uh, basically on the strength of a five minute major, thanks to Connor McDavid. Uh, They were up two to one at that point, and I believe it was in the third period. And then uh, McDavid took that boarding penalty when he uh, boarded Adrian Kempe. And the Kings, imagine this, scored three goals in the ensuing major. Uh, so let's talk about that game first. What's your guys' thoughts on that? I thought it was maybe their best defensive effort all season. Just how high-powered the, the Oilers are and their just ability to score at will. Uh, they did such a good job of just uh, controlling the gaps. You know, Tobias Bjornfoot. Uh, you guys remember his debut when he uh, McDavid just kind of walked all over him and yeah. scored. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, he had a really nice like poke poke check. Um, I forget what period it was, but it, that play is a one on one play, <clears throat> kind of an open ice. And that play, I think Zach Dooley even tweeted it out too. As I was thinking of it, that play kind of demonstrated his growth. Just as a as a player, and I think he's what he's uh, 21, 20 years old. I think he's twenty. Yeah, yeah, he's still twenty. Yeah, poor guy can't yeah, even I mean, any bush lattes. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it's something you have to kind of remind yourself. That Tobias Bjornfoot's still really. I mean, he was a first round pick. What just two years ago? So I mean, we we're yeah. talking about we can talk about all these other first round picks that we're seeing around the NHL, and that's Tobias Bjornfoot's kind of one of the forgotten ones that's kind of been a full time NHLer now, and. He's made that big jump, and you saw that defensive play he made against McDavid. Um, as far as the whole game goes, it was really – I mean, you kind of were expecting the Oilers to at some point explode kind of offensively um, just throughout the game. We were just – I mean, we were talking privately, just thinking, okay, one of the Oilers, the Oilers are going to for sure score at some point here. It's coming. Um, they had that shorthanded goal by Nurse. That was kind of – I mean, it was kind of a fluky goal, I want to say. I believe Yeah. Quick, yeah. Maybe, maybe he went down a little early on this – side there, but I'm sure he's not expecting Nurse to go top shelf on the short side. But besides that, I mean, yeah, like Ryan mentioned, it was one of the best defensive games that the Kings had played all season, and that's kind of their MO, is to play that 1-3-1 type of defensive style hockey, and they held the Oilers to a season low, 22 shots on goal. So, I mean, it seemed like once that five-minute major happened for the Oilers, they kind of just, like, gave up almost. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the the power play goals were nice, but there wasn't really much defensively. So, I mean, it was a great win for for the Kings, and we were kind of hoping to continue that going into the next game. But unfortunately, we all yeah. know happened there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it was nice to see how the team responded after the nearest goal. I think uh, we were talking during the game, like, "Oh God, here it comes! <laughs> here yeah. comes the yeah, I know. <laughs> here comes the onslaught." <laughs> but no, they they held the two one lead, and then. Uh, tacked on three goals on the five-minute major there pretty quickly, too. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, you know what I could see is basically Connor McDavid being frustrated all night. Uh, he had to be thinking to himself, as soon as the Kings signed to know, right? Oh, my God, I got to face this guy how many times this year? Great. And sure enough, Phil Deneau being Phil Deneau with Connor McDavid, and then obviously what happened happened. Uh, but uh, listen, Regardless, it's still great to get a win against a top division rival. And those are the kind of wins that you need to get within your division to start climbing back into the race. And then, of course, the next night happened. 
and uh, they you know, riding high. We're feeling great. We beat the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to go play the Vancouver Canucks, who are a complete disaster at this point. Brand new coach, got rid of the GM. And then, uh, boy, uh, pain. That's all I can say. Pain. Uh, all I can think of was Clubber Lane. <laughs> and yeah. Rocky, do you remember? What's your predictions for the fight tonight, Clubber? Pain. pain. <laughs> it was pain. So let's break that game down. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, hats off to Thatcher Demko. I thought he played an outstanding game. It's his birthday today, by the way. It's also Drew Doughty's birthday. So happy birthday to both guys. Um, yeah, Demko made 31 saves. Uh, Kings, yeah, it took him seven minutes to get the first shot on goal. But, uh, you know, they ended up out shooting Vancouver. I mean, they've outshot a lot of their opponents this year. That's been no problem. They just obviously lighting the lamp has been, and they didn't do it at all in that game. Uh, scoreless after the first, and then Brock Besser scores on the power play pretty quickly into that power play, if I recall. And That's Connor Garland, yeah. Connor Garland scores uh, kind of a weird play. Cal Peterson goes to play uh, to protect the left side of the net. Puck kind of bounces off the end boards, and Connor Garland sneaks it in on the, the right side. It just kind of felt like it took the air out of the um, King's sails, if you will, and just kind of uh, avalanche from there into a, a, yeah. a 4 nothing defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rush yeah, it's, hard. it's hard because a lot of people wanted to blame. I, I saw a little bit of a blame put on Cal Peterson for those for that game, and it's tough because those first two goals, it, w- it was really kind of – I wouldn't say it's hard to put the blame on him, but I don't. I wouldn't put it all on him. I mean, just defensively and just all around, I guess, the whole Kings team just kind of shut down and didn't really play at all throughout the game. It was kind of tough yeah. to see. And it's funny because – for our listeners, Ryan and I were talking like, "Hey, we should record a pod like right after the Edmonton game." We were all feeling good. <laughs> yeah. We were feeling, we were on our high horse, like, "Yeah, it's going to be a joyous pod." And I messaged him back, and I'm like, "Let's probably wait till after the Vancouver game because if we yeah. know the Kings, they're just going to throw out a clunker." And sure enough, you ride your high horse off that Edmonton five-one win. You're going into Vancouver, playing against the Canucks. You're just firing everybody. Bruce Boudreaux. Pops up out of nowhere in his rock, wherever he's living, and takes over, and everybody loves him up in Vancouver now. So, I mean, it was just a typical Kings letdown. I mean, for a team that to to, I mean, we've seen this time and time throughout the season. I mean, it's been really a roller coaster year from a Kings perspective. I mean, yeah. you start off the way they started, you have the win streak, and then now all of a sudden they're back to their low lows. I mean, it's it's tough because you watch the Kings right now and. Like, Let's set aside the, the Oilers game, which was great to watch. But the, even the last few games, there's just been this lack of creativity almost. I mean, you kind of just like a mundane kind of like have to like have to pinch myself to stay awake to watch this team. And that's kind of difficult. To, I mean, just as a hockey fan, I mean, and I'm sure even for Kings fans, when they're watching hockey across the nation, you see what Trevor Zegers is doing over with yeah, how sick that was last night. I mean, it's just compounded by being – arrival of the Kings and with Turcotte in the AHL, you're just kind of hoping we've heard so much about this King youth that is coming eventually. And it just really hasn't made that impact yet. And we're just kind of sitting and waiting right now. 
Oh yeah, and I mean one of the one of their youth and Rasmus Kapari had maybe uh one of the worst turnovers I've seen. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if he was just I don't know if he just panicked on that play, but he just backhanded it right to the slot and yeah. bam. And, it's in. and you know, I, I wanna say, and that's kind of one of the main reasons why I think he'd be better suited on the wing. Because with a center position, you're, that's your responsibility is to be down low, receiving those pucks, and then yep. making those outlet passes. And right now, I mean, he's still a young player. This is really his For first sure. full look in the NHL. So, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, all types of young players go through growing pains. I mean, this won't be his only turnover in his career. But I mean, this is where I think he'd be more suited on the wing because it's weird. Because when you watch Rasmus Kupari play, you notice that speed that he has. But he just never seems to want to utilize it, and I'm I'm not I'm wondering like maybe he's just thinking more defensively when he's up rushing up ice and he doesn't want to be over aggressive and don't have to worry about someone taking his onus of his defensive responsibilities when he's up there. So, I mean that turnover it was just it's just hard because of how the team's been playing as a whole to just watch that and the, the that game in its entirety. You know that's an interesting thought, Ross. Because here's the deal, right? Is Kupari really going to be a center for the Kings? You've already got Kopitar. You've got Deneau. You know Byfield is going to slot in as a center, right? I don't see Rasmus Kupari as a fourth-line type of center. So you're right. I mean, I, I think he is more suited on the wing. But, boy, I tell you, Vancouver has uh, green in their uniform. They certainly were the Grinch that night. There's just no <laughs> doubt about that. It's, yeah. it's awful. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, that kind of really put a damper on things, that's for sure. Uh I don't know. Uh, One thought about Cal Peterson, and that's – I just lost my train of thought for a second there. But one thought about Cal Peterson, yeah, I know a lot of people want to blame him and that he's – you know, and, yeah, he's had, you know, some moments this year where it seems like he's having an off year. But you know what, guys? For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like the Kings aren't always playing their best hockey when he's in that. If you stop and think about about the Carolina game, right? You're so right. Defense disappeared. The St. Louis game, defense disappeared. Mm-hmm. This past Vancouver game, defense disappeared. And poor Cal's in that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, maybe he's not, you know, he doesn't have a 930 save percentage this year. But really, you seriously cannot blame all of this on him. No, not at all. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking the same exact thing watching that game. I'm like, man, how many of these games have happened with Cal and Ned? And, and it's not only, like you said, just because of him. It's just been the team as a whole hasn't performed with them in front of him. And, like, I'm just thinking, like, maybe just kind of, like, shuffle up the rotation and start Cal next game. That way maybe the Kings play well in front of him. And then maybe you have this great quickie who's been playing tremendous hockey, almost, yeah. like, better than he was during the cup years even. Maybe play him on those off days. I don't know. It's just it's just tough to see. I'm glad you mentioned that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is. I and I, you know I almost feel. I, actually, I shouldn't say almost. I do feel sorry for him. <laughs> I really do. I mean, that, that guy's got to be going into the games all going. Oh my god, guys, please just block one shot for me, please. <laughs> By the same token, though, I mean, he's there's a few saves that he probably wants back, um, and it's kind of I won't say concerning, but you know, he's supposed to be the goalie of the future with Quick having one year left. I say it's not yeah. uh, it's not a, a settling feeling, you know. No, no, you're <laughs> right, but I mean his his confidence has got to be rattled at this point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and especially if you you know your your defense has let you down on multiple occasions, that can't help the psyche. Yeah, I'm sure he feels like he has to play perfect. Pretty much, pretty much. 
So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens with Cal moving forward. Hopefully uh, Billy Ramford can weave some of his goalie magic uh, like he's done so many times in the past and uh, get Cal back on the right track. So there's been some announcements uh, over the past couple of days about the World Junior Championships that are coming up uh, day after Christmas. They start December 26th mm-hmm. in Edmonton and Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, which uh, I always love this tournament. It's so great. It's just so much oh, fun yeah. to watch. Um, what is it, guys? Sweden and Finland have made their announcements, right? Yes, today it came out with the rosters, and Kings have three players uh, between the two teams. Um, Helge Grons made Team Sweden, and Samuel Hellenius and Casper uh, uh, Simon Tyvel made uh, Team Finland. So good to see some more representatives. Um, I'm sure we'll get a few more here in the next. Uh, several days as the the rosters are finalized and whatnot, but you know, Kings should be well represented, hopefully for the last time, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think the these are just preliminary rosters right now. Um so they haven't really announced the full rosters, but I think that's the the entirety. It's from what it seems like it seems like the Kings are gonna have six players going. And from my count it's the three players selected today, like like you mentioned, Hellenius, Simon Tyvall, and Granz. And you have Chromiak and uh, Faber and Kursanov. So those are the six players that more than likely will be representing their countries. I mean, should have been seven with the the Clark mission. Uh, mission yeah, right. it's a little yeah. weird that they don't have anybody on Team Canada. Yeah, because Spence is yeah, 20 now, weird. right? Yeah. 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 But, um, uh, yeah, yeah that... but, I mean – It'll be the, it's the, I mean, it's the best tournament in terms of hockey international competitively. So it, it's, I, I, I always love watching it. It's around Christmas time. So everyone's feeling good. I mean, right. And then you have that New Year's Day games. I, I believe they still play those New Year's Day games. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait till this uh, tournament. It'll be fun to watch. And the Kings, it's, it's, it's fun to watch Kings prospects excel in the tournament too. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you, it just blows my mind. With Clark, I mean, I know we, we touched on it last time, but it, it just still, <laughs> still, it just. You're not I was the like, only one. You're not did I imagine one. this? What is going? On? <laughs> did I have too many bush lattes? What happened? <laughs> 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 yeah, so I mean, yeah, you, but you're right. It's going to be kind of weird not seeing any Kings at all on Team Canada. That's going to be very strange. But uh, you know what, guys, we're still going to watch this tournament. We're still going to love it. There's just no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Uh, moving right along. So we got some Kings games coming up this weekend. Uh, let's see. First, we got the Dallas Stars. Uh, probably not the best time to be playing them right now because they're playing pretty darn good hockey right now. Uh, I did see that uh, Ben Bishop, I guess, is going to be starting a conditioning assignment. So their goaltending core is going to get even stronger. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits in because Braden Holtby has been playing very well, and so is Jake Ottinger. So... Uh, three-headed monster, it looks like, coming up in Dallas eventually here. But uh, what's your guys' thoughts on the Dallas Stars? Uh, well, I mean, first off, it's Drew Doughty's uh, first game against them since the knee injury. Oh, yeah. So I don't think we'll see any fireworks or anything like that. You know, reading some of the quotes from uh, – I can't even pronounce the guy's name, so you guys have to help me out uh, who the knee to knee hit. Yeah, pop. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been called worse, actually, Russ. <laughs> um, you know, just all the post-game quotes, uh, he was very apologetic and hopeful Hopeful that uh, Dowdy would make a quick recovery. So I don't think we'll see anything there. But, um, yeah, I mean, 
they've won their last seven in a row. They're playing Vegas tonight. Uh, inter- interestingly enough, they're four, five, and one away from the American Airlines Center. Um, but, you know, six out of their last seven have been at home. It's doing a little bit of research before we hopped on here. They've allowed just one power play goal in their last seven games on 19 opportunities, which we all know has been a struggle for the Kings uh, this season. So, I mean, that'll be an area to watch. Can they convert? On the power play, the Kings, that is. Um, you know, Dallas is a very good defensive team. We saw that last time. I think they had, what, just two goals. It was settled in overtime. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'll be looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I have a fun stat to share with you guys. I mean, I don't know if it's really fun, but it's been the last time that the Kings beat the Dallas Stars in Staples Center was 2016. And in the last six games, they're o one or o five and one against the Dallas Stars at home. So, be another can, they, tough team. can they rename the arena before tomorrow's game? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah, and then you got the, the Dallas Stars are playing some great hockey right now. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, they're getting some good goaltending, and they'll be getting some uh, some reinforcements back there with Bishop coming back too. But it sounds like Ottinger will be in net. I mean, he's a good young American goaltender, so. Uh, it'll be a good game. I mean, we'll see how the Kings line up. It sounds like we're, uh, Jared Anderson Dolan's going to get uh, his chance uh, this season or his debut. Um, from by, by all accounts, it sounds like they're going to reunite uh, the grunge from Anderson Dolan and, and Trevor Moreline from last year, which which I mean, had its flashes. And it was kind of weird because from what I recall, I think that line was, was doing pretty well. And then it just kind of was broken up for some reason or someone had to leave or was injury or something. But yeah, I think uh, Jad was injured. He got uh, yeah. smashed, smashed into the boards. He was out for a month. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he, he had that long, uh, long absence. So I mean, yeah. But before that injury, they were playing really well. So hopefully, they can kind of reignite some of that chemistry that they had from last season, and hopefully bring some energy really to the bottom six. Because I mean, right now without Lemieux there, there's just nothing coming from that that uh, spot in that rotation. No. Yeah, and I guess on that point, I mean, he was uh, Lemieux uh, was skating in a gray jersey this morning. So, if are they going to incorporate him into the top six when he returns on Saturday? Don't give him any <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> can, can we get can we get an actual like legit scoring prospect in our top six instead of maybe like Dustin Brown? Like, I mean, we it's just it's just I mean. Yeah, yeah Cali, right. exactly. I mean, that's kind of where I was going. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because as a, as following the Kings as long as we have, we of course we have this like almost marriage that we have to Dustin Brown and everything that he's done for the Kings franchise over the last however long years he's been in the uniform. But I mean, just right now he's just not producing. He's kind of holding down and dragging down Kopitar and Kempe, who seem to have some pretty good chemistry. And Kempe's been scoring a lot of goals lately. So, I mean, I would just want to see. A little bit of interchangeability happen if that's even a word. I'm making up words now, or so I don't know. But you seem if, to make one of every pot. It's great. <laughs> I get I get flabbergasted every time I talk about the Kings. But um, yeah, I mean, let's see Kelly up in the top in the top line. Why not? I mean, the Kings, like Drew Doughty mentioned the other day, that's been LA's story is the lack of scoring goals. I can't even remember how long. I mean, I think Ziggy Palfi was the last person to score over 35 goals for the Kings. So bring some offensive creativity or some sniper ability to that to, to play with Kopitar. I mean, we saw it just for a glimpse, but we never really gave it a long-term look. And 
from right now, it's not going to hurt from where the Kings are standing right now. I mean, yeah. look at what it's done for Adrian Kepe, too. He's on on pace to score 35 goals this season. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... Uh, here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, along those lines, guys, I mean, before we, we jump to the Minnesota game, who else do we want to see get into the lineup? I mean, there's always all the, the, the chatter that, you know, this guy should be called up or that guy should be called up or this guy should be moved around. Who in your minds should be getting into this lineup to maybe try to spark things a little bit? I mean, it just kind of goes I, away from everything I just said, but I, I think you guys wanted to mention the Mike McKenna article that came out today about Martin. Furt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's, he's not a Kings prospect really, or as a Kings draft pick, but I mean, uh, Scott, I was looking at that uh, visualization you sent me earlier from, uh, I think it was his name, Sean O'Brien. He has a great, a great uh, website. If you want to check it out. Uh, I, I don't have the, it's, I think it's data dump and chase on, on yeah, Tableau. Nope, yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Tableau. Yeah. Data dump and chase on Tableau, but he has this, he, he tracks the AHL um, offensive and defensive point shares for each uh, player. And Martin Ferg is like the second best player in the AHL in total point shares for the, for the entire league. I mean, so that's just player that that's exactly what he brings. He's one of the hardest shot winners in the AHL. I think he broke, he broke Zidane Chara's record yeah. too. Yeah. And yeah. he's a power play mastermind that has that sniper ability. And we saw that in a glimpse with Gabe Velarde, then he got hurt and he kind of just lost uh-huh. his position for no reason. I mean, uh-huh. it's kind of really baffling that he hasn't gotten a look as, especially with all the injuries that have happened. I know they've wanted to get Kupari some looks. They've wanted to get Kaliath some looks, which has been great. But, I mean, there's also some other, I mean, people that are still around on the lineup, like Carl Grunstrom, who's had some glimpses or good games here and there. But, I mean, why not bring in a Martin Ferg and see what he can bring to the power play or even five on five and try to ignite this offensive game? Well, he'll also be a UFA after this year. I mean, Hmm. might as well see what you have, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Ross. I, I totally agree. And I wouldn't even mind seeing Velarde get called back up. You know, for as polarizing as it seems to be, talking about Velarde being in the LA Kings lineup, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I think uh, I think Martin Furk is definitely due for his shot. I mean, he's certainly proven himself where he's at with the Ontario Reign in the AHL. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, honestly, how could he be any worse if you stop and think about it, how could he be any worse than what they're doing right now? There's no way. There's no way. Bring the <laughs> yeah, guy up. Might, might as well give it a look, right? And but here's the thing, though. And and they, now here comes the part where Scott starts running his mouth. <laughs> Imagine that. So you bring him <laughs> up, right? And then they they're like, ah, we don't we don't want to have him around because you know he might score too many goals or something. I don't know. Then they put him back on waivers, and Just we lose another up. one. We lose another one. I mean, this whole Kale Clegg thing is still eating me up because you guys know how much I banged the drum for Cal Clegg. Love the guy, right? And you know what? He was not a bad defenseman when he was in the LA Kings lineup. He was really good, actually. And I even understand the fact that the Kings have defensive prospects coming that he was most likely going to be squeezed out maybe next season anyways. But to lose him for nothing is driving me just bonkers. Well, you know, it's just if, like, if you knew more... you were in that situation, at least get a six or a six round pick for him. You know, I, anything. What's more frustrating to me, Scott, and kind of goes to your point, is 
Kale Clegg was placed on waivers in favor of Ole Mata, who yes. continues to see regular role. He did anyway at that at that time. But Kale Clegg had what five assists in eleven games this year. Ole Mata has six assists in fifty six games and a minus twelve. Yeah, through his first year, we'll call it a year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just it's befuddling. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. The, I mean, yeah, I know he slipped through waivers a couple times before, but that was before he even got a, a legit NHL look. And now he did get a pretty decent look at the NHL level. And, okay, so he had a couple defensive hiccups. Oh, well, the, I mean, every defenseman does, Yeah. right? I mean, you can't expect him to turn into, you know, Larry Robinson in his first, you know, 10 games up in the NHL, right? But then I just I don't understand the logic behind putting him on waivers and not thinking that nobody was going to pick him up because everybody you know what there I don't think there is a team in this league that is not young defensemen starved. You can well, never have too many. I, I think we all knew it. You could just kind of see it unfolding on Twitter. You know, people were you know tagging their favorite team to pick him up or whatever, and I was like, he's not he's not going to make it through, is he, guys? No. <laughs> yeah, Montreal just made perfect sense. I mean, he had that one – he had a pretty bad turnover in his first game. But, yeah, it's it's just tough. It's, and I've heard the term poor asset management. And, yeah, I guess you can kind of say that, especially when you look at what Curtis McDermott got traded for, fourth-round pick. I yes, mean, the Kings I was just, just going to say for that. Nothing. So, where, where was – did they try to trade McDermott too? I mean – I don't know, was that maybe looked into? So you see other teams kind of pouncing on these opportunities that the, these Kings have, the Kings have. And I wonder if it's something that we kind of will see going forward. I mean, just think about I, – I, I tweeted a little while ago the depth chart of the Kings that have – of the 21 and under prospects. There's not going to be room for all of them. Right. So how many of these young prospects will we see be lost on waivers? Because yes. there just isn't room. I mean, you, you, we hear all about Alex Turcotte, and especially since what Trevor Zegers, what the amazing play that he made last night, we've been hearing Turcotte's name, and Kings fans just have to keep – we'll keep bringing him up, bringing him up. Like, when are we going to see him? And it's just hard because that's what happens when you're a team predicated on drafting players on the, that are the best available in the draft as opposed to drafting the position of need. Now you have all these centers that are just – it's just a gridlock. It's like the 405 freeway at 5 o'clock right now just – of, in the center position because you have just this abundance of prospects that are just waiting, in, like almost standing in line, kind of waiting their turn. You had Gabe Velarde got a look, and all of a sudden he's back down. So Kari's getting a look, so now he'll get sent back down. And Jod's back down, back up. It's like, you don't, it's, it's tough because you want to see these prospects, like, thrive and, like, see growth. But it's just hard because you, they're not really that kind of real good group around them to kind of elevate their game. I mean, you're just kind of, teaming him up with like a Blake Lazat who's who's a great player, but I mean he's still got his limits. So and then Carl Grundstrom who's kind of just kind of thrown in a trade. I don't know. It's just hard because we want to see young kids make the lineup, but it's just a gridlock. There's a lot of traffic in there and who knows? You just kind of have to wait their turn right now. Yeah, you know what? And we actually we talked to that extensively in the preseason, right? We we, we talked about this and you're yeah, so right. And exactly. now we're seeing this just unfold. Exactly. You know, we knew right from the get-go there was just going to be there was too many dancers and not enough chairs. Okay, mm-hmm. to use a musical chairs reference, ha ha ha. But, <laughs> but I mean, we knew this was going to happen. But the the 
frustrating part is to not even just get anything back for him. Because like I said, I mean, even if you get a low-round draft pick, at least it's something, right? Because sometimes low-round draft picks do pan out. Look at Matt Roy. Seventh rounder, he panned out, right? Or you can use him for trade capital further down the road, whatever. But yeah, they're gonna they're definitely gonna have to start scrambling to make some room. And I know we keep talking about oh, there's gonna be a big trade coming, big trade coming. Well, I don't I, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I really I, I don't. And uh I'm gonna stop yeah. ranting because like I said, now <laughs> my blood pressure is gonna get up, then I'm gonna need bush lattes, and then it's gonna be ugly. So it's a it's just tough because you you you're yeah you're hoping for a return for Kale Clegg with I mean he's a former second round draft pick all the time he spent in Ontario but I mean from if you're another general manager and you look at the Kings situation in terms of defensively you gotta you gotta say like okay you're not playing him you you you're calling me to trade for trade for me to trade you something for him I know eventually you're gonna put him on waivers so why would I try to make that deal and right. I, and I. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's going on in the general manager room. But, yeah, it just seems like that's kind of the situation the Kings are, are in right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just an unfortunate situation to lose Clay for nothing. He's, he's really a talented player and can has, has the potential to be a good defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, I don't get the logic behind that sending Mata down. Yeah. I mean, they weren't going to, you know, what was it? There may be very a million dollars in cap space. That's not the issue. The issue was not losing Clay. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't, I, just don't, I don't know where right now Clegg would have played, you know, with Dowdy back in the fold. Not um, for Montreal, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, with Dowdy back in the fold and everyone back at their respective uh, sides, you know, Mikey Anderson is back on the left side now, Alex Edler and then Bjornfoot down the left, and Dowdy, Roy, Dursey down the right. You know, yeah, it's it's both sides too, though. Yeah, is is he your designated seventh defenseman? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, could... I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess. The, I mean, sorry, cut you off, but I guess the silver lining out of all this, in terms of losing Clay, is the play of Sean Dersey and what he's been able oh, yeah. to bring. And, and and that's been it's been so cool to watch. I mean, five points in five games to start your NHL career as a defenseman for a team that needs offensive production from the black back line. I mean, that's 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 just exactly what the Kings needed. And it was almost kind of like, we told you so. I mean, this is exactly what we, we've been saying in terms of trying to bring some offense to, to the blue line. Sean Dursey can do that, and that's his game. And he's showing a lot of calmness and a lot of confidence in his game. And it, it's really cool to see from a, a young player. And that's I guess that kind of brings a lot of hope to the future to see a player who is really just a second-round draft pick that was also thrown in in one of the Toronto trades. I, I don't remember which one. But um, Muzzin trade, Muzzin trade, Muzzin, yeah, Muzzin, yeah, <coughs> Muzzin one. But yeah, it's just, that's just good to see and to to see one of the prospects making um, making their leaps and bounds to the NHL and, and being productive so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I don't know, guys. I guess we're just going to have to uh, to wait and see what further moves await. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, there's wait. also the potential, you know, with Jeff Petrie when he eventually comes back to the Montreal lineup, the Montreal. Place Clay on waivers. You know? So we do a revenge claim, like we did with Wyman. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, they did it with uh, they did it with uh, Grossnick too. Remember, they lost oh, yeah. him. And yeah. They got him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my bad. I'm taking that back. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. 
Well, guys, I guess we got one more upcoming game to talk about here uh, after the Stars. Our old nemesis, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I, You know what? The Wild, I... You know what? Until a couple years ago, I never really thought much about the Wild. They were just kind of there, you know. Okay, yeah. got a pretty cool, you know, logo, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like in the in the shortened season, they just like became a, like a hated enemy. <laughs> I know. And all of a sudden, you just we just can't beat them. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Kirill Kaprizov is picked uh, this time of year to start getting red hot. Uh, him along with Ryan Hartman. Yeah, of all people, Ryan Hartman. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing like an NHL first first team All Star. Uh, thoughts on the Minnesota Wild, fellas? Uh, Are we going to see any kind of reverse retro? On I want to see that old reverse retro get broken out. <laughs> By the way, just as an old guy, I love the Minnesota North Stars uniforms. I want to see the reverse retro again. Yeah, I mean, almost I, like this. go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, it's going to be a tough. Tough matchup, obviously. Are we going to see the Kings that knocked off the Oilers or the team that took a dump against the, the Canucks? You know, yeah, I just don't really right. – I still don't know what, what this team is. Yeah, that, and that's a, that's exactly a problem with the Kings right now. Is they, they really don't have an identity. I mean, are they a defensive type of team that's just going to sit back in the neutral zone and make you dump and chase and try to make those clean breakouts? Yeah, we've seen that a couple of times, but – I mean, when they when they lose games, the Kings lose games. I mean, they have like no real threat offensively. It's just it's kind of like these losses are just tough to watch. But I mean, when they win games, they win games. I mean, when when they're playing good, it's really kind of like okay, the Kings can sustain this like throughout the entire game. I mean, whenever I I don't know what the stats are in terms of their first period um, leading after the first period, but they don't really score much on the first period, but it seems like whenever they're winning games, they're actually playing a full competitive 60 minutes. And so right now it's just kind of a, a flip on the coin in terms of what you'll see, um, at stable center, but I don't know. I just, it's just hard. There's like this rivalry that's been built right now be- between the Kings and the wild, especially with what's happened last year, the wild right. have now just in a couple of years, like you mentioned, Scott, they used to be just kind of there. And all of a sudden, you have this emergence of Joel Eriksson-Eck. You have Kirill Kaprizov, who's been added to the lineup. And now Ryan Hartman's playing out of his mind. It's just, they're a really good team. And they're uh, a solid, they're really solid down the middle. And it's going to be a, another tough game. And we'll see if the Kings can do, if they can pull one out. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you you almost, you don't want to say that they're, you know, backed into a corner or anything like that. But I, I got to tell you guys, they got to stop giving points away. They got to at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Ducks don't look like they're slowing down. They're going to no. fall away behind. No, and that's and that's the other thing, right? I mean, we thought we had a puncher's chance this season because we didn't think that you know the Pacific Division was going to be that strong. But here you got Calgary, who's not going away. Anaheim's not going away. Vegas has started to get a lot of their guys back. And, yeah. of course, Edmonton is Edmonton. So, suddenly, <laughs> uh-oh. This might be uh, not quite as easy as we thought, and, and like I said, you you it, right now you just can't give points away. You, you can't, and I, I hate to say it, but this you know keeps up into January. They're going to get themselves behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the trade deadline will be a lot more interesting than we thought. That's for sure. Ooh, yeah, you ain't kidding. Well, you know we were talking about they had to make some space, right? So <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Time to start moving some pieces out, maybe. But, yeah, I yeah, guess so. It's, it's, 
the time is now. I mean, December is going to be a, hard, a, a tough month for him, but it, it's just it's it's hard because we thought the Kings would be a good home team, and they had that seven game homestand that they won one game. Yeah, so, uh, it's, it's, you can't do that if you want to be successful and make the playoffs. So, I mean, right now they're on pace for a ten point improve, improvement from last year, um, but it's you're not really seeing that in terms of the play on the ice. It's it's weird. So, yeah, hopefully they can yeah, bring it it's... together and maybe hopefully some of these young prospects like Sean Dursey, Arthur Kaliev, and, and maybe we'll see Jared Anderson, Dolan possibly in the lineup tomorrow or the for the Stars game. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can turn it around and bring some excitement to to LA. Yeah, that's uh, definitely going to be needed. That's for sure. So, well, guys, I uh, I feel I feel better. I got some stuff off my chest. <laughs> you know, therapy. I got the vent. I feel better. You know, all right. You're, you're you on the couch. Are, <laughs> you guys are just great. <laughs> well, I, that's where I belong. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. Let's uh, let's do this again next week. Um, we'll be able to talk about the Dallas and the Minnesota games, and hopefully, we'll have some good news to talk about with everybody, and some more Kings news coming up. So, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast, and go Kings, go! See you guys. See you.